You're listening to the E-Commerce Excellence Podcast with Yoris Brion. Hey, this is Yoris of the E-Commerce Excellence Podcast. And today I'm really excited to talk to Sam Gastro. Um, Sam is the founder and CEO of mygiftcardsupply.com. Um, they sell US gift cards like iTunes gift, gift cards, Spotify, Netflix, um, all over the world. And Sam built a seven-figure company uh, with almost no focus on PPC uh, with a big focus on retention, though. Uh, so I'm sure this is going to be a very interesting chat. Sam, welcome to the e-commerce excellent podcast. I'm really happy to have you here. Yeah, I'm happy too. Hey, uh, Sam. I, before we get uh, started, um, I'd really love to, um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about about your background, um, where you come from in your career, um, so that our listeners can understand a little bit more about you. How 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 did you get started in e-commerce? e-commerce and, and how did you get to this point? Yeah, um, so I started off um, with a kind of an entrepreneurial um, background. My mom was an entrepreneur and a lot of my family members were entrepreneurs. So I kind of had that tendency and that itch and that desire to kind of create my own thing and do kind of my own thing on my own terms. Um, and my first journey into not quite e-commerce yet, I was doing email marketing um, back in the Wild West days, before there were any laws or regulations around it, um, you could literally just send an email to anyone. There was, there was no concepts or definitions around opt-in or unsubscribes or any of those things, um, which was pretty crazy. Um, and, uh, and it got, the cool thing about that was, one, it was my first dabble at making money online. Um, and the second cool thing that came from that is I got a quick appreciation for AB, what was, I didn't know this term at the time, but I got an appreciation for split testing. Um, I noticed quickly when we were sending out these emails, uh, the different subject lines I would use, the different buttons or different text, different copywriting, I learned quickly that the way that I was speaking was directly related to how well my emails were performing. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of like, you might say my first training into into what would then become like an e-commerce career, you know. Um, and kind of laid the foundation for that. Um, but I later on went on to a couple other things uh, in between that didn't really, you know, they, it kind of didn't really amount to too much. But um, about six years ago, I started, um, I sold a gift card on eBay um, and it went to a guy in France. I just had a gift card that I didn't want. Uh, I went to a guy in France. Um, I messaged him afterwards and he just asked for me to send him the code um, and I, I got to chatting with him a little bit and he was kind of saying how there was this need for American gift cards outside of the U.S. for people who want to purchase American content like American movies, uh, American music, um, books and those kind of things. And there's various reasons. There's restrictions. There's price differences. Um, so there's a couple of different reasons why people um, are were, were seeking out these American cards. Um, and he said that most people at the time needed to go on eBay to purchase these mm-hmm. gift cards. So. Um, so I started selling them on eBay originally cause I could buy them cheaper here and they were going for more on eBay than I was buying them for. Um, mm-hmm. and so that was kind of like my first little dabble. Uh, but shortly after that, like three months into that, I realized that, um, eBay is not a great customer experience. Like it's good to go get mm-hmm. what you need if you need to get it. Um, uh, but it's not a great, um, it's not a great like experience all, all in all, like overall. Um, and so I started a, I started a, a, a registered domain, 
Um, I had Xcart as my platform at the time. Um, and then I just created a standalone e-commerce site where I could not only create a better experience for the customer, um, easier checkout, faster checkout, um, but also I could also retain the customers through, uh, you know, then I had their email and I had their phone number and I could retarget them with emails later on and things like that. They were just better for business. So um, that mm-hmm. was my that was my first like, OK, let's jump in. Um, and I got and I had an official e-commerce business um, going shortly uh, after the, the eBay venture. Yeah, cool. I, I I mean, I love it when I'm surprised by some business models that never crossed my mind. I mean, most of that people sell online, and it, it is pretty obvious. But this is, I mean, it's kind of special, right? It never occurred to me that this could be a viable business, and actually that there would be that much of a demand as well. Did it surprise you? Um, it did. It well, I I had I also had zero idea. I was like, what is this? And I didn't mm-hmm. even ask many questions. It was the, it's the classic like entrepreneurial tendency which is like you see a problem you see a way to provide a solution for it um and then the the cherry on top is to make a little money alongside of it um it's like let's roll (laughs) (laughs) cool um yeah but from that point you grew the business to seven figure business and and um from that experience what what do you believe are like the the two or three keys to grow an e-commerce business in, in today's environment um, yeah, the man, e-commerce has changed so much. Even in the, the six going on seven years that I started this business, I mean, it's crazy. I started on Xcart, which I don't even think is a platform anymore. Um, and so I think a lot of the technology stack has changed quite a bit, uh, but mm-hmm. I don't think the strategy really has changed at all. Um, and so a couple of things that we focused on when, when I was when I was in the early stages and kind of growing it. Um, it was always early on focusing on baby steps. Um, I never had a dream of, of, of a seven figure business out of it. I was trying to, I was getting like a sale every couple of days and I was like just dreaming about how could I get a sale every day? Like what if every day involved a sale, <laughs> you know? Um, and so it was always like focusing on those baby steps. Um, and then when I got to like, then once the calendar was filled with a sale every day, that was a really, that was a very satisfying like accomplishment. And then I was thinking about, well, what if I could get five sales a day? And it was always just focusing on how to get five sales a day and using whatever, mm-hmm. whatever tools I could use and gleaming insights from podcasts like this and books. And I, I went to a conference early on before I probably like really had much of a business, but I wanted to start learning. Um, but it was like, yeah, how do, I, how do I fill that bucket of five sales per day? And then it went to 10 and then it went to 25 and 15. And it still is that today. Like I'm still even though we're a large business, I'm still like focusing on, okay, like what if we have a bigger size bucket? How do we like fill this up consistently? And still, I think it's, it's always focusing on those little baby steps. Yeah. And uh, that, that's an interesting uh, take on it because there's people that are, they shoot for the moon immediately. Um, and, and it's probably overwhelming at, at, at some point oh. in, in, their, in their growth. Yeah. And yeah. I think the baby steps, for, yeah. Yeah. The baby steps approach is, is, uh, probably a lot less stressful as well and, and more realistic and you you gain momentum because you reach your mini goals and you can pat yourself on the back and that encourages you to take the next step was it more or less like oh. that for you as well what's that was that more or less for you as uh, like that as well so every mini goal that you reached was kept you going and motivated and, and you gave yourself exactly a pat on the back yeah 
yeah, don't don't overwhelm yourself like trying to get to six figures, seven figures. Like those those are that's too big and too that's too much, too big of a bite to chew. I would have felt overwhelmed. I mean, I had a I had a job on the side that was allowing me to pay my bills and things like that. So I didn't have to. This didn't need to become. I didn't need to have a eighty thousand dollar a year salary out this thing. Like if it made one sale or zero sales, it was fine. Um, I wasn't never needed to ask too much of it, and I think that just allowed me to make incremental steps and just not try to like do too much at one time, you know? Mm. Yeah. I think that's a, that's great advice. Um, but in, in, in that growth, you, um, if, if I remember correctly, you also did a lot of things that don't scale, like reaching out to every customer individually. Is that, is that mm-hmm. something you would recommend doing? Yeah. Or how do you go for you? Yeah. yeah the, the thing when you're, when you're, when you're a beginning business, the luxury that you have is you like if it's it, like one sale, you can reach out to these customers and you can send these emails and really give that high touch experience. Like now um, we have far too many customers. Well, at least I haven't figured out yet, but like trying to message each individual customer early on was a huge advantage that we had um, because it created a really tailored experience for the customer. Um, and it just let us know that like we're here and like, anything you need like we're going to be here and we still try to do that to a large degree but man you have such an advantage when you're small and you're growing because you just have more time to spend with your customers Uh, and i think that's absolutely like a good valuable asset to leverage if you're in the early stages of a business yeah right and i know there's a lot of people that from the get-go they they try to automate everything and and uh, sometimes you just have to do these things that don't scale, but you learn a lot from it, right? Did you, when you reached out to your, to those customers individually, did you um, ask for their feedback or, or yeah, what was your approach? Well, the cool thing is that when you reach out to them, they're going to give you their, their feedback, like almost unsolicited. Um, and you're going to get some really valuable insights. Like when I first started this, I, I thought that it was only iTunes that this, that people were trying to access American content on. Um, and it mm-hmm. turned out like they, you know, they were quickly telling me we need PlayStation, we need Xbox. And I'm like, what? That exists? That's a thing? And then it went on to, you know, Netflix and Hulu and, and Hulu and all these other ones. And so the feedback that you get as well, like that may be equal to like just the retention side of it. It's just like keeping in touch with your customer and they're going to let you know if you're, if you're, if you're on the phone with them or if you're shooting emails back and forth with them, like they're going to let you know like what they're also in need of. Um, if it's like, you know, in your kind of industry and that, that can be really, really great for you. So I think, yeah, had we never listened to our customers, I don't think, I don't know if we would have been outside of selling iTunes cards. So we've, we've, we've since expanded our catalog into the areas that, cause I'm, I'm in, I'm in the bubble. I'm in the U S I don't have this problem. So largely, um, I don't know where my customers problems are unless they tell me. So um, yeah, reaching out to them and getting that, getting those insights can be really, really helpful. Yeah, and, and you already mentioned that the customer retention, of course, is is, is super important. Um, what exactly do you do uh, about customer retention or to keep them uh, coming back? Well, largely, I think it's just giving them a really good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the, the first and foremost. Uh, the second thing to just giving them a good experience is probably, I mean, e- retention email marketing has been really, really powerful. I mean, and now, oh my God, with services like Klaviyo, yeah. um, it's like just, it's like, 
the, the entry level billing on that is so cheap that like anybody could set up a good retention marketing plan in like two days, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, like, like from, from like trial account to like fully up and running retention um, marketing, which just the product follow up surveys, um, welcome series things like that. I think if you do, if you do those well and provide value to your customer in those um, and it's going to be, it's going to be different for each industry, but your customers, uh, if you can provide them value through that, I think that that's going to give you really good leverage and, and keep you front of mind to your customer when they're thinking about making another purchase um, versus like, well, just assuming that they're going to come back to you because they made their last purchase there. Um, I would look at it more like a nourishing campaign to try to like really win them over and provide a lot of value in those. So. Yeah, that, that makes uh, that makes sense, and, and and I mean it's it's also very you're respectful of of their uh, inbox, right? Because uh, everyone uh, gets a, a whole lot of email, and it's so easy, as you say, with Clavio, for instance, to set up uh, retention campaigns. But you can overdo it as well, or just uh, try and push and push and push. But if you provide value, they um, they're gonna look out for your email. Yeah, provide that is the absolute key is providing the value. I was looking through a friend of mine's. Uh, a friend of mine just went through. Um, he's kind of taking over the email marketing campaign for a, another business. They're a seven-figure business, and we were looking through their flows um, and looking on improving it. And they, their welcome series and some of their follow-up flows just provided no value. It was just basically talking about the product and those kind of things. And that's a place to start, and it's a box mm-hmm. to check. But like. You know, we were so him and I were starting to brainstorm for this company. Like, what kind of blog articles could you write? We talked about um, it's kind of in like the relationship um, realm. This uh, their company, so like we're talking about like doing like a like a like a relationship advice column. So anything that is hitting the inbox and someone's going to be excited to open it and they're going to be thankful that they got the 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 email from you versus just like they open it and you're just showing them your product again. It's it's in t- I think in today's e-commerce marketplace it's just not quite enough um you get so many emails people people really value um something that gives them some sort of benefit outside of just like a reminder email about your product yeah absolutely i think that's a very very good advice um how 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 did you get traffic at first to the to the site? I mean, you went from eBay to uh, creating your own platform. Traffic is no problem on eBay, of course. But then you create your your own platform. How how did you get started at first? Um, we went back into so we we had a lot of customers, not a lot, but we had a, we had a little bit of traction going on eBay, um, and mm-hmm. so we went back through eBay and just messaged all those old customers and let them know like, hey. Um, just let you know, like we're, we're going to migrate from eBay over to our own platform. The checkout process is a lot easier. Um, that was a very like high touch, like system to just go through every, every message and, and send that. Um, but yeah. it was a personalized message that we were sending out. So I think it gave us some credibility uh, that we were like, Oh, like they actually like reached out to us and, and, let, and let, let me know that, you know, they reached out to me and let me know that we're migrating. Um, so that was big. And then also like, just discussion forums and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, early early on, I was going into, you could go into a lot of forums, a lot of non-American forums, and people were talking about, hey, I want this album, I want this movie, but it's not on the Spain iTunes store. Like, how can I get it? Um, and it's just dropping in with, like, with value. Like, I could have, so I just went in there and gave a quick tutorial, and I had it kind of, like, pre-formatted um, on some of the major things that, w- that I would say. 
Um, but I would just go in there and start telling them like, okay, this is how you do it. This is the steps you take, lay it all out for them, make it super easy. Um, if you want to use us for a gift card for the payment part of it, um, go here. But at that point, I gave them so much information that they didn't need to come to us. But, um, you know, generally speaking, people, when you, when you give them, when you give up, when you give that much upfront value, um, usually people just like, are like, that's how I roll anyway. It's like, I usually like spend my money and and I'm loyal to people who usually provide value to me as well. Um, and so that was, that was my approach as well. Um, pushing people from, uh, eBay over to our site. And then also, um, just reaching out to discussion forums and things like that. Right. And, and, uh, and from there, did you like, after the phase after that, did you ever spend money on acquiring new traffic? Um, not initially. It was quite a, I would say we were probably like, we were pretty, we had a good amount of sales coming in organically before mm-hmm. we started to pay for customers, um, before we started doing like AdWords. Um, and, but yeah, eventually it was like, it was an absolutely uh, a critical piece of growing um, which is getting our AdWords off the ground. And then later, I would say like two years in, um, or yeah, somewhere around 2015, maybe, uh, we started doing like Facebook retargeting. Um, and so that was really good for retention as well. So then we kind of started to play like the big boys um, and start spending a little money on advertising, start doing some retention marketing and things like that. Yeah, but you could you got pretty far without spending any money on 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 no traffic. That's quite impressive as a, uh, in its own already. Um, yeah, you also you also have a, a referral program I saw on on, on your site. Um, is, does it work well for you? The 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 automatic the referral subscription? the referral program. Um, I think I saw oh, the referral site. program. Yeah, yeah, the referral program has done okay. It's not something mm-hmm. that we have fully developed out yet. It was okay. a product of our rewards program, which our rewards program um, has worked out really, really well. People have really taken to that much better than I ever expected to. Okay. Um, and so, and I think we will eventually make a strong push towards, uh, what, what I've learned is that a lot of these things will take a little bit of like emphasis and a little bit of structure. So I think if I, set up some emails and really make some nice pages and graphics that explain the referral program and give Mm -hmm. my customers ideas on how to share it with their friends and show them the benefits of doing that and really kind of like paint the whole picture. I think then uh, something like that can really, can really gain traction. I don't think just like putting it on the site, if you just put it on the site and it's there for someone to discover, um, I think it'll just, it can just do okay, which is really what it's done. But um, Mm -hmm. I do plan on, building some marketing around it and, and kind of painting that picture for them. Right. And yeah, then we'll see. I, I, I have, I have good faith in it. Mm-hmm. No, that, that makes sense. And, and uh, can you explain a little bit for the listeners, the rewards program, what it is exactly and, and, and why you think it, it's working so well? The rewards program? Yeah. I think my, my belief in it is that, one of the reasons why you buy American gift cards if you're outside the U.S., one of it is content restriction. Um, like the movie may did, maybe didn't come out in, in your local, on your local iTunes store. But the other big reason is you can save a few bucks. It's kind of a trick. Mm-hmm. Um, prices, prices for movies are different in every country. And so if you're a real thrifty shopper, um, mm-hmm. which some people, some people are, has nothing, some, you know, what I've learned is that it doesn't matter how much money you make or whatever. Like some people are just thrifty shoppers. Um, and that's a good percentage of our customers. They're just thrifty. 
Um, yeah. And so I think it, 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 what it equates to is it's just one more leverage point to save a little bit of money. You're earning a little bit of rewards. You get to redeem that later on. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't speak to how it might work in like a high ticket, um, high end product. Like if you're selling like designer handbags, like I don't, I, I would imagine that it wouldn't work the same as it would in like something where it's like, you know, like maybe Dollar Shave Club or something where people are mm-hmm. like really valuing each dollar and things like that. I would assume that it works better in that market or that niche. Um, but that's just my, that's been my experience with it. Just thinking that customers really just want to like squeeze every val- every penny out of their, out of their, val- out of their, um, purchase. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I think it's a, it's a good match probably with, with the product and the, the type of, uh, customers, uh, you have, um, if you would start it all over again, what would you do differently? Hmm. Ooh, well, I would say <laughs> I've migrated two different platforms. I went from Xcard mm-hmm. to BigCommerce to WooCommerce. Migrating a platform is terribly painful for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> no, nobody enjoys that. Not me, yeah. not my team, not the customers. Google's SEO hates it. It's not good for anybody. So I guess mm-hmm. um, if I were if I were to go back, I would spend a little bit of time really thinking about. Uh, the platform I'm currently on, and I would try my absolute best to predict which platform is going to still be around and mo- the most relevant in the five to ten year window. Um, yeah. If for anybody starting businesses now in the e-commerce space, my 100% faith is in Shopify. Um, mm-hmm. Just watching, it's not who I run with because I, I need a little bit more customized customized customization. Um, but choosing the right platform, I think, is really really powerful. Um, mm. and so, yeah, Shopify is probably like what I would recommend for most people right now. And, uh, and yeah, migration is painful. So that's, that was probably the, that was one of the harder two, uh, two phases for the business. Yeah. I can and imagine. Then, and, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I have another one, but I'll let you go. No, no, I was just saying like, yeah, it, 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 it's true. I mean, Shopify is probably the best bet when you're starting out right now. And, but it's, it's, it's typical. I mean, you have to make a choice when you start out and you don't maybe think too much about it. But later, well, down the road, when you, you hit the, the limitations of the platform you're on, then, then it becomes a nightmare to make the switch. By the way, why did you um, make the switch from big commerce to WooCommerce? Big time to WooCom, I, I was dealing with a largely international customer base. And I needed mm-hmm. to have a little bit more um, tools around basically customizability on the checkout page for payment options. They were really great for migrating with the big guys like PayPal and things like that. But with international mm-hmm. payments, I'm trying to work with everyone around the world. We needed to incorporate um, and we were trying to, to innovate a little bit faster than big commerce uh, was trying to. So um, they just weren't keeping up with where I thought the current marketplace was, or at least for us as an international business. Um, and so we had to, we had to go to something that we could have complete control of. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, before I interrupted you, we're probably going to say a second thing that you would differently if you would start over again. The other thing that really caught me, um, is an early on, uh, I got what is known as shiny object syndrome. Um, (laughs) and that is, I went to a marketing conference. And I was like a kid in a candy store. I had a fresh business. I was six months out, maybe 
eight months out, um, and you have you have some of the best marketers in the world making some really amazing products, um, and and I just didn't and man I couldn't swipe my credit card fast enough to try this tool and that tool mm-hmm. and these guys are gonna double these guys are gonna four x your business in thirty days and da, 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 and I racked up a credit card bill <laughs> like you wouldn't believe and uh, and it took me a while to to get unburied so a couple of things is just one um, probably I would I would try to have a little bit more diligence on which tools and be a little bit more realistic on some of the expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also benefit to keeping an open mind, I think, and, and being willing to try things. So there's a, there's a balance there. Um, and then, and then, and just having a little bit of uh, control on the finances was something that I probably got a handle on like three years into the business, which mm-hmm. was like managing the business's finances. Well, um, if, if you don't have a good foundation in finances, which I didn't, um, I highly recommend a book called Profit First by Michael okay. Michalowicz. Mm-hmm. Um, he has this like system, uh, basically buckets, um, financial buckets that he sets up. Um, and it's a beautiful book. And I, I, I immediately jumped my business into his model and it changed my whole business. It changed my whole, it, it reduced my stress a ton and it made us a much more healthy business. And I don't think we would be able to scale to the level that we are today had it had, had it not been for implementing this system. So if finances aren't your forte and you're kind of just winging it and everything's going into one account and coming out of one account, um, even if you're early on, like there is no, even if you're you're doing 200 bucks a month, um, this is a very light read and the system is fairly simple to implement. And I believe it will absolutely set you up for a, a, a strong, good financial structure going forward in your business. Right. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great tip. So, profit first by whom? Michael Michalowicz. It's a Michael gnarly Mc... last name, but if you if yeah. you go on Amazon, you search profit first. Um, yeah. He has even a profit first for e-commerce now. Um, that's okay. kind of a he kind of did a spinoff. Uh, I got that one in the mail. I haven't read that one, but um, anyway, just the profit first the book that book in general. He makes it. He paints the picture for all types of businesses, and it's just a brilliant book that I think saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, that 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 one's going on uh, on my reading list, absolutely. Um, yeah, so uh, maybe just one last last question: What's your number one piece of advice for people uh, looking to accelerate their uh, e-commerce growth? Mm, I would say the number one thing that you want to do. Let's see. It would have to be. It's a mix between consistency. Um, I've been really like fascinated by this idea that. If you go to the gym today, it's going to do nothing. You can go to the gym for four hours today, and it's going to basically do nothing for your life. <laughs> you can eat a big salad today, and it's going to basically do nothing for your life. It's only when you go to the gym consistently every day for three months does you, do you start to see a change in your life, or when you eat that salad consistently um, every day for like you know you say no to the fried food or whatever. It's like about that consistency i've been really like fascinated with this this idea and i think um that was something that i've been really consistent with the business in terms of like just that consistent low amount of pressure over time um i think has really really helped um and then the second part to that would just be going after the low-hanging fruit in the business um Mm -hmm. and and being solely laser focused on that um we, when I was working with my friend the other day and we were going through these flows on this uh, e-commerce business that he recently has kind of uh, taken over from a marketing standpoint, 
he is kind of new to the world and it was really easy to like get distracted by uh, some segmentation he wanted to start talking about and some of these other things that were a little bit more advanced. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. I was like, but look, I was like the, the abandoned cart email, which is historically like the most profitable email that you'll send out um, or one of them. Uh, it was an absolute disarray. And I was like, we need to just stop here and only focus on this right now and fix this. And I was like, this is the lowest hanging fruit. I was like, we can fix this in a few hours um, and probably double the amount of revenue that's coming in from this uh, email series. And so I think that that's, that's a huge thing is, is isolate and focus on what is the easiest to do and what can leverage the most results and, and stay focused on that and try not to get distracted on um, other things that maybe could be more complex and you're not sure about. Um, yeah, just keeping your focus on on what's going to be, what's going to make a big impact on the business and try not to get distracted by other things. Wow, that's uh, absolutely great advice. I love that. Um, yeah, we could probably go on for hours and hours, but uh, kind of running out of time. Uh, I want to make sure uh, before we go, uh, uh, yeah, that people know how they can find you, learn more about you. What's What's the best place for people to connect with you? Um, you know, I keep a, I keep a fairly low profile online. Um, so kudos to you for reaching out. Um, but I mean, I'm Sam Gastro on Facebook. Um, you can just search me up on there and friend me cause I am trying to put out a little bit more content. I've been doing some videos talking about, um, work-life balance and emotional, um, health and things like that in terms of entrepreneurialism, cause those things can get skewed. So, um, if you're into those things, I, or, or anything e-commerce, I love chatting about this stuff. So happy to connect with anybody uh, and, and talk more about this. This is uh, fun stuff. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for being here, Sam. Uh, it's been uh, really great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was great. I had a lot of fun. The e-commerce excellence podcast is sponsored by Dexter.agency. We help e-commerce business owners scientifically increase revenue without needing more traffic. Ready to discover a more reliable way to increase conversion and, more importantly, revenue? Register for our free training, The 5 Transformations That Double E-Commerce Profits, at dexter.agency webinar.